Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. It's 2021 and we are back. We've been on a break for the past couple of weeks, so it's great to be back here in the green room to bring you some more conversations, discussions, interviews, all the different things that we are going to be bringing over the next few weeks. Uh, it's going to be a lot of stuff. I can't wait for it. Today, we have a special episode that we're doing with a few guests here, uh, first-time guests. We've got Mikhail Jones, also known as True Lyric. He's a recording artist, local recording artist, uh, that we had come in for a motion night back in back in the beginning of last year, right? So yeah. January, somewhere around. I know it was around in the winter at some point. I think it was January. Yeah. Um, so you were here for that. And then uh, Brielle Higgins, you are part of the Spring Hills team here as a Stephen minister and a small group leader, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, but Mikhail, you aren't part of the Spring Hills family as far as attending here. Uh, like I said, you came for a motion night. You're... You're part of a different church where your dad pastors. And then, of course, I've got John Barrett back. Um, he's been here. I think you're you're coming up on maybe besides Brett. You've been on it the most. Just Quite so a few you know. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Brett, I love it. Brett has, uh, has probably the record right now. Besides me, obviously. I've well, been, yeah, I was going to say. I he, have been on every single episode. Short, Can you believe it? Brother, I yeah. can't believe it. Just, so, who would have thought that? <laughs> today, our topic is uh, we're going to talk about dealing, battling depression. Um, and I think we'll probably talk about anxiety a little bit as well. The reason I wanted to do this is because I know that it's something that millions of people deal with on a daily basis. It's not something that's, uh, that's uncommon. Um, I personally have not dealt with it on the level that I think that we're going to hear from our guests here today. So I wanted to bring in some people. Now we've got John, who you all know is one of our Stephen minister leaders. Um, and he counsels some people, John, you've also got some experience with dealing with anxiety. Did you say depression as well, or do you just classify it as depression more so anxiety, but, um, I've definitely been withdrawn enough to where, yes, it was, it was clinically called depression as well. Yeah. Okay. And then Mikhail, um, you're, let's, let's start with you. Let's, let's hear a little bit about you, uh, where you're from, how old you are, your family, uh, what you do. Obviously I already said you're a recording artist, but you can share a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, um, I'm uh, from Sonoma County, born and raised. Um, uh, my family is from here as well. Um, and I've lived here my entire life. Uh, my battle with depression started around, um, leaving high school, which was approaching 10 years now. Um, so it's been it's been a long. I'm coming up on 15, yeah, man. Well, yeah, so. no. <laughs> John, how long's it been? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, it will be 30 in no, June. Sorry to cut you. I heard you went to high school with Sherry Barrett, correct? <laughs> and John. And John. Okay, yes. great. Sorry to cut you off, Mikhail. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I always felt like like I was still the the young guy until I started. Um, I was a manager at Best Buy, and and one day I realized all my employees were so much younger than me, and I made a reference to um, All Star by Smash Mouth. And they were like, "Who's Smash Mouth?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm old now." So <laughs> I know who Smash Mouth. Smash is. Mouth you came and played at the county fair in my hometown. Yes, and that's kind of the uh, that's the signature. Once you play the Stanislaus County Fair, you might be. It's time to retire. Or right. I, think it, I think it's time to go. You might be an old guy. If. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Um, all right, Brielle. Let's hear a little bit about you. Um, where Where are you from? What's your family? story, uh, briefly, I guess we don't need to dig too deep into it, but just let people know who you are. I was born and raised in Novato and then drifted around after college and played the game and moved to Massachusetts for 12 years and then moved back here. And it's been five years that I've been here. I have a husband and two beautiful daughters. Cool. And uh, you said uh, Massachusetts. What part of Massachusetts? I was over by Boston. By Boston. And 12 years did not give you the accent? No, my husband has it. He does? Is he from Boston? Him. 
He's born and raised Boston. I want to meet him. Oh, I he, love you talking have met to people him. from. Oh, I have. Yes, oh, you okay. Have. I want to talk to him more than. Yes. This is another thing. I hate this about me, but I forget the people I've talked to. Like I'll I'll see somebody and be like, oh, I like I'll run into him at Target or something like that, and I'll talk to him. And then like if I hear their name, I'm like, I see your name, you know, on the on the team list or whatever it is, and I can't, I don't put names to faces. Um, so I've probably have talked to him a few times and then don't realize that he, and, uh, Higgins is what's his first name? Glenn Higgins. Glenn Higgins. So I, I'm sure I know Glenn. It's somewhere. Glenn, I'm sorry. You're going to listen to this. <laughs> I promise. Uh, I'm better at remembering faces than I am at remembering names. Uh, cool. So yeah, I want to talk to, talk to Glenn about, uh, about Boston. I love if he's a Boston sports fan, I love talking about Boston sports. He's all um, over the place. Today we are going to talk about dealing, battling depression and anxiety and I wanted to to have you have you come in because all of you come in to uh, to share your experiences, share how you've uh, you've overcome your battle with it, or how you're still dealing with it. Uh, Mikhail, I know that you specifically we were talking before this, and you said that it was a tough week for you here. So um, I'd love to hear more about that too, and just kind of how you're dealing with it, how you uh, help others with it as well. So let's start by just defining it. I think there's um, a lot of people out there that maybe, and I'm, I probably would consider myself one of them, that uh, I, I don't know much about what it actually means to be depressed. It's not just sad. Um, I know it's a lot more than that. So let's just define it. And you can jump in whenever you want if you've got, you know, something you want to add to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that question on the list and um – that was the one that like haunted me the most because I was like, I don't know if I've ever actually like sat down with the idea of like how would I define depression? But um, yeah, I would say it's definitely not a mood, um, but a like a state of your mind um, and not necessarily one that is that easy to control. It's um, not just an emotion. Right. Yeah. Far, far from an emotion, but um, something that can kind of shift every single aspect of your life. Um, so it's, it's a lot more powerful than an emotion. Yeah. I would say, um, it's a persistent, um, downtroddenness, you know, where you're, you're constantly feeling overwhelmed, I would say. Uh, and at times you feel nothing at all because it's beyond that. Also, there's a, a sadness to it, but it's a deep sadness to, to Mikhail's point. It's not just an emotional sadness. It's a full mind body and soul sadness to where you feel drained. And also for me, depression, anxiety can be manifested in physical pain as well, where I ache physically. So it's not just a mental thing. I mean, it's uh, it comes out in soreness. It comes out in um, your stomach being upset. Uh, just a very uh, overwhelming um, state. So while it's not an emotion, it affects affects, all affects of emotions, yeah. affects your yeah. physical Yeah, and you become withdrawn. Health. You become um, almost incapacitated at times, and it's worse, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are you, is it like, a, have you experienced inability to even communicate? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Really, you have anything to add on that? Well, not to be technical, but it's a no. disorder. Yeah. yeah. So um, for me. Please be technical. Yeah. <laughs> um, Depression, I didn't even realize that I was depressed, but um, when I first got diagnosed with seasonal depression, I realized I was crying every single day, every day. I don't even know what it was. And then this time around with COVID, I wanted to just sleep. I didn't want to get up. I didn't see any reason to get up. I just want, I just wanted the days to just disappear. 
and it's it's an overwhelming sadness. But I also can get very angry. We call it anger depression. So it's it's a is lot it angry of angry at people, like uh, the, your family, like people around you, or is it angry at yourself? What is it? Oh, it's ev- angry it's at yourself. It's angry at your husband, um, the ones that are closest to you, especially in COVID when you're living with them. Um, it's they can ask you a question and you just bark at them. And then you're sitting there like, why did I just explode? What is making me? To the people that I love. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot. There's a lot of symptoms to depression. And and I think that's one of the hardest part about it is being diagnosed is because we don't know that we're right in the middle of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it almost, I mean, it sounds like just hearing the three of you talk about it. Um, it's hard to, you can't really define it because it sounds like everybody deals with it in a different way. There's different ways that it affects you. Um, not to say, I mean, I guess you could define it, but there's just a lot to it. It's, yeah, it's bigger I mean, I than just up, defining, like, like you said, it's not just a mood. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I looked up, they give definitions of it and it's the disorder to your, that's what clinically it is. And it's a persistent sadness and withdrawnness and all of that. But I think it's more than that. Would you guys not agree? Yeah. And I think yeah. for every person, it looks different. Absolutely. You know what yeah. I mean? Is it something, um, now I, I, we didn't get too far into it. Uh, Mikhail, when did you become a Christian? Uh, so, um, let's see. So the history of it. So when I was really young, um, my dad was kind of lost out in the world, um, on drugs involved with like gangs and whatnot. Um, so he wasn't around for the first few years of my life. Um, he went into rehab and that's actually where he found Christ. Um, and so it was about the age of six for me when, um, I had my dad back, um, who is now a believer and he's, you know, getting us to go to church. And, um, so through that is where my mom eventually got saved and then I got saved as well. So around the age of eight, um, and then as my dad stayed in the church, um, he, you know, progressed, became an elder and then eventually a pastor. Um, but I didn't feel like I had my own personal relationship with God for quite some time. I was like playing the church role, being the good like pastor's kid. Um, But it wasn't until I was like 17 where, um, and it was actually kind of in the midst of dealing with depression for the first time where I decided to give God a legitimate try. Um, And then that's where I kind of call my real salvation where I had my first experience with God started my relationship with him. And so it's, uh, it's been a little over about 12 years now. Okay. And since it was actually, you're, you're saying that it was a little bit aligned with the start of your struggles with depression. Mm-hmm. Did you feel any, um, and, and the reason I asked this is because I've talked to a friend of mine who felt guilty as a Christian dealing with depression because yeah. now, unfortunately, I think that that's, that's partly because there, he was given some bad, um, advice or, mm-hmm. you know, someone trying to encourage him, it went the wrong way with it and it yeah. made him feel more like, Oh, maybe I'm not really a Christian if I don't have joy in Christ, yeah. you know, like that. Um, did you have any of that at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially as a, like a pastor's kid too. Sure. Because I was like, if like, how, something how dare you me, be this sad if you have Jesus? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and I felt like I couldn't talk about it because if there's something wrong with me, then, you know, is my dad not a good pastor? Oh, because yeah, he's yeah. My father. And so there's all kinds of complicated emotions in there. And, um, yeah, there's this weird like stigma amongst most Christians that you have to be like this super happy Starbucks employee that's yeah. like constantly, hey, how you doing? How's yeah. everybody going? 
What can and, I get uh, you? Yeah, and and it was just not like that for me. And I was room like, for cream, there? <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, it was it was weird. Like not real. Trying to yeah, definitely. And and for me, there was that struggle of like, am I a Christian? If I feel this way, like, can I be a Christian? Like, can I believe that God has everything in His control, even if I feel so sad inside? And that's a struggle that I think a lot of people deal with, and a lot of Christians don't talk about because of that weird stigma where we feel like we can't because then everyone's like, well, I don't know, are you a Christian? I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely felt now, that. Now, Brielle, you, you became a Christian as an adult, right? Yes, I did. And was this um, after you had discovered your issues with this or really found out about your issues with it, or was it before? What was the timeline there? It was before. Okay. I Yeah, I became um, a believer in God when I was 25, I think I was. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I had no idea about my anxiety or depression. Oh, okay. I had it, but I didn't, you have didn't a know clue. what it was. No, I yeah. had no clue. And have you experienced any of that, the, the, any kind of guilt or anything over that? No, I don't think so because every church I went to there, there was this honesty that I wanted and I wanted, I was so angry that I wanted to be happy that I didn't really see See, see the guilt? Sure. I, I don't know. I never even thought about that part. Oh. Um, An- yeah. I mean, an- this is another another example of how it just affects people differently. Yeah. Right? Yes. John, you're in ministry. I don't know what the timeline was for you when you uh, yeah. felt like you were dealing with it the most, but was it while you were on staff here? Or? Oh, both. Okay. Yeah, before and after. Um, I think when I joined staff, it became more about spiritual warfare. It was the enemy not liking the fact that I was going onto the front battle line for God. And so I, I saw that for what it was. That was very clear to me. So that was more spiritual warfare. And I was able to deal with that relatively easily, you know, um, through the power of the Holy Spirit and just getting into God's word and trusting him to to fight off those arrows. Um, you know, just real quick with with Mikhail said, a lot of times people, Christians, um, because they feel guilty about being anxious, they begin to question their faith, you know, and that's something that uh, you see a lot and you worry about. You don't want people to do that because they don't need to be questioning their faith because being having depression and struggling with anxiety doesn't make you a weak Christian, right? We know in this world we're going to have trouble. So um, our faith in God will, will see us through that, but it's a process at times. And, and sometimes you, you are going to struggle. Um, for me, I struggle with anxiety. Um, I would say soon after, well, I would, I would say I, I struggled with inadequacy because we struggled to have children. Um, my wife and I, we got married and, you know, we've been married for 21 years and more than anything, we wanted to have a child. It took us about four years, I had fertility issues. And so I really questioned myself as a man and, and really began to withdraw from God and her and just from everyone. I just felt inadequate. And so we got through that. Um, and then being raised in, in a Catholic family, being raised in a family, I, I love my father, but he was not one to um, talk about his feelings at all. So I felt like I had to hold inside um, the things and emotions that I had felt and I didn't, wasn't able to share them. So I took on huge burdens and that kind of, um, brought me down. I would say after high school, early college. And then once I became a father and married, all that responsibility began to really, um, take its toll on me and I became overwhelmed. So that those are the times where I've really felt, um, hard, Hard depression. Yeah, you know, um, and this is this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, you and your wife were in here, Sherry. You were mm-hmm. in here yesterday. We talked about parenting teenagers, yeah. 
And very briefly, you guys talked about the infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to, I was actually going to text you guys and see if that would be a good topic because we're bringing you guys back in next week. Um, love to. Because that was going to be love the topic to. I was going to suggest That'd after be great. hearing that from you guys. So, yeah, we have a pretty good um, story. We'd love to share it with people. Yeah, we're going to be doing some, uh, a lot of a lot of episodes with um, a lot some of the marriage mentors. And John and Sherry are going to come in next week and we're going to talk about. So now we just made the decision, everybody, live, <laughs> not live, but uh, that we're, that's what our topic Sounds is going to be great. with John and Sherry. Yeah, we'd be happy um, to do we'll that. Discuss it. So, uh, I want to you, Mikhail, as um, uh, you said, 17, 18 years old, right? Mm-hmm. When you really noticed you were struggling with it, mm-hmm. um, it it affects kids and adults both. It's not something that's just something that you grow into or you right. grow out of. Um, I'm sure that there's some people that say, "Yeah, I really struggled with it when I was younger," and and have uh, felt like I've learned how to cope with it and that kind of thing. I'm sure that there's different stories of how people have, how long people dealt with it, when they dealt with it. Right. Um, but I did want to ask the question, just like, is it is this a problem for both kids and adults? Have you guys, did you all experience it as kids and adults? Um, and how does it differ with between, you know, the way it affects kids and the way that affects adults? Yeah, I mean, it's um, certainly a problem that affects kids and adults in many different ways. And and we're probably seeing it more now with COVID. I mean, Definitely. like it's, it's, yeah, we've heard a lot about it too. I don't know if it's more just we're hearing more about it or if it really is causing uh, more cases of it. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, the, um, thankfully, I feel like the world is slowly um, learning to talk about the harder things a little mm-hmm. bit more. So like this podcast, um, is, and the reason I was so excited to come on it is like these conversations need to happen. People need to hear that, you know, you will go through those kind of things. And, and that's okay that you are dealing with it. Um, and that's something that I didn't hear when I was younger um, that I needed to. And that's what my whole, like everything with my music is all geared around really kind of like my mindset. I'm working on a, a project right now that is um, written like as my mindset as a high schooler um, to other high schoolers really, because there was so much that I needed to hear that I didn't hear and I wasn't hearing it from artists. I wasn't hearing it from churches, from friends. Um, so yeah, it's, it absolutely affects kids, adults. Um, and it shows up in many different ways. I think also just uh, for speaking for myself here, I think it's good for people that don't deal with it to hear from people that do, because a lot of times it's not really understood because it could cause probably some issues. And I don't know if they'll all get to this question too, but within your relationships because people don't understand what you're going through. They don't understand it. Like, why are you so down? Why can't you just be happy? You know, like that kind of, because that's something that I think I'm going on on another little tangent here. My wife, when she really understood my struggle with being ADD, she really started to go, Oh, you're not just being rude to me. You're not being disrespectful you're literally just not able to focus on this long enough to give me the attention on this. And she, now she doesn't get, she doesn't get irritated with me as, I mean, as quick, no, I'm not, my <laughs> wife will get irritated with me. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. you know, there's certain things where she'll just oh. be like, you, you know, and it happens with the band here every now and then someone will be like, you, did you realize you just walked out of the room mid conversation? And I'm like, Nope, had no clue. And there, you know, no one holds it against me because they're like, "Yeah, it's just Garrett. He's not meaning it to be. He's not trying to be rude uh, or anything like that." But similarly, knowing when you've got a friend or uh, a spouse or a kid um, that deals with it, you can learn to. I mean, it's probably strengthens the relationship once you understand that, right? It does. My wife 
never dealt with it. You know, um, I deal, I've dealt with it. She's dealt with it as my wife. Um, my son, Jordan, like we talked about has dealt with it and she's dealt with it as his mother. And, um, it's strength. It has really strengthened the relationships because it, it forces you to, um, to listen better. It forces you to understand better. It forces you to know what it means to be in someone else's shoes, walk in someone else's footsteps both ways. Uh, I have to respect the fact as her husband that she hasn't ever experienced that. So I can't expect her to know exactly how to deal with it. That wouldn't be fair. But at times when I'm in it, I expect her to. Um, but the times that I'm not in it, I have to understand that. And so you work on that. It's, it's a process. It's not easy. And it takes a long time. It's taken us 21 years to, to get to a pretty balanced state with it. Yeah. You know, now, Brielle, you mentioned that you're, Oh, go ahead. I was going to piggyback off yeah. of Mikhail. Piggyback away. The biggest thing for me right now and one of the reasons why I'm going back to school is because I want to break the stigmatism. I want to break this feeling of you're failed, you're you're wrong, or you're a bad person because you have depression. It is something that happens to anybody and everybody, and it's okay to speak about it. It's okay to talk about it. That's why I jumped at this this opportunity yeah. And I was very humbled. Yeah, by last it. last minute because yeah. Gerilyn was going to be here to to discuss it. And yesterday, when she had to back out of it, I text Garrett Ward, or I was at, I asked Garrett Ward. I'm like, you got any Stephen ministers? Someone that's that's dealt with it can help people. And you were the first person you brought up, so I'm glad you were able to be here. Oh, very humbled by it, yeah. but it it's it's just there was a fist bump between <laughs> John Barrett and Brielle right there that I wish you could have seen. Oh yeah, Mikhail don't. It's, it's such a soapbox thing for me because I, I, I'm going to spill the beans and say that I am going to school. I have, I'm going in the process of getting my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. And this is a huge thing for me is because I just want to break it. I want it to be okay. I want it to be normal, even though we should not be using that word. But it needs to be said that it's okay and that you have people that um, can support you and love mm -hmm. you no matter what. And God accepts us all as is. There is a reason why we're all here. There's a reason why we have our, our, our faults or our issues. It's to help others because that's the whole point of Jesus is mm -hmm. to love on everybody no matter what. And that's the biggest thing for me is yeah. just to be able to love on people and let them have a chance to speak their truth. Yeah, which right. is probably what led you into Stephen ministry. Oh, yeah. Because that's <laughs> emphatic, yes. I, <laughs> oh, you know, yes. it's ironic hearing more about this. Um, it's ironic that uh, I, being isolated probably, I mean, it's got to just make it worse, right? Like being, being isolated, I, I can't see how that would be good for anybody struggling with this. Is that right? Yeah, it's and we were talking about it. How yeah. I was on tour um, in March, and it was our first time on a national tour. So it was literally like the best months of my life. We had just announced that we were pregnant, um, on the road with my band, playing shows in different states. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is my year. 2020, like all the blood, sweat, and tears I've put into this. And like, this is it. And then we're on our way back from New Mexico, and then we get the Nixle for the shelter in place, and just everything flipped went from having the world at my fingertips to being in my living room. Like you could taste the dream, right? Yeah. And it was devastating. Like I can't even explain enough how like that, that like I had really dealt with depression in a long time since high school. 
But when that happened, that was like, I was like, it's over my career. Like I've invested my entire life into this and it is over in hours. Like here I am in the living room and everything is gone. And that like, I can't even explain that feeling, but it was, yeah, it's being isolated was, was like the worst part because being out on tour, like you're on the road, you're meeting new people and, and now I'm just in the living room, like scrolling Facebook. Yeah. Like, now everyone, that's, that's kind of a forced isolation. Does it also, does, does dealing with depression, have you noticed yourself, uh, force yourself into isolation because of it in any way? For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a weird, like, you know, it's not good for you, but you still do it. Is it out of like, you don't want to burden somebody else? Is it, is it shame? Is it embarrassed? What is it? That, I think it's that, a little bit of everything. Okay. And, or is and, everybody different? Yeah, I mean, everyone's experience, I'm sure, is is different. My personal experience, um, I don't even know why I isolate myself, but um, I just, it's like I just don't feel like it. Like, I'll have, like, I want people to check in on me, but I'm also not checking my texts or calling people back or, and I don't know why. It's like, I want people to, like, care, and I'm like, why does no one care? But also, like, I'm, like, making it so they can't show me that they care. And yeah, it's like this self-loathing, like just you, you spiral. I always refer to it as a spiral because as soon as it starts, you just allow every reason to like feed into it. And before you know it, you're like, no one cares about me. I hate my life. Like this is all terrible. And people are trying. And, you know, I see like the people that have been trying and I always apologize to people once you're kind of like out of that, like, thank you for like, I see your efforts and I, I'm sorry. Sometimes everyone was listening to this that has tried to reach out to me and I take like months to get back to you. Um, I apologize and I thank you, but it's, it's hard. And if you're dealing with someone that has depression, notice like you're going to get that kind of response sometimes and blow their phone up. Like it's, we shouldn't have to do that, but that's kind of how it is sometimes where like, I don't feel like someone cares or whatever if it's just one text. But sometimes that person that's like nagging at you, like really changes your day and it just reminds you that you aren't alone because we can get in that, that spiral real quick and you stay in it for a while. And for me, that spiral and that withdrawnness sometimes becomes more comfortable than being out there with everybody else. And it, I get fear sets in and I'm afraid to step back out. And that's scary because I'm a very, very uh, extrovert person. I love being with people. I love ministering to people. I love engaging people. But And, and I haven't been in that way in a long time. Um, that being said, I understand how depression works, and I understand how my anxiety works. It'll flare up once in a while. And so I have to be really cautious of that. But if, when I've had those severe moments in my past, it's just – you get into it and it's like, I'm in my happy place, but it's a totally distorted happy place. I'm not yeah. really happy, but you convince your, do you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You convince yourself that this is okay. It's your own like illusion. Yeah, exactly, man. This is how And I'm it's happier. way off the rails, you mm-hmm. know, not where we need to be. Yeah. No, yeah. is this, oh, go ahead, Brielle, sorry. Thank you, Mikhail, for saying that because yeah. you made me realize that's what I was doing probably at the same time you were doing. Yeah. I was spiraling and, and I didn't get into my, happy place right. where I was just like, Oh, I don't want to go outside. Yeah. Forget it. Oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very community based person and I like talk and I like to move around and, and I love just talking to people and um, being around people. And 
you get into that depression mode, especially with COVID, with March and April and, and June and July, and it kept going on and on. And, and I work from home, so it's not like I can leave anytime soon. And it's like, you just, then you just don't want to leave. My husband's like, oh, you want to go outside? No, I don't want to go outside. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> even though it would help me to go outside. But it's like you get into that hole and you don't even realize mm -hmm. until, you know, hindsight later that you were in that sick little depression yeah. pocket hole. Yeah, I totally get that. There will be times, especially when the quarantine first started, where it would be like a week and I would just realize like I haven't left the house, like not even left the house, but I haven't walked outside or like opened the blinds or anything. Like I've just been like in that fake happy place inside my living room, like torturing myself thinking that for some reason this is better and this is what's going to make me happy, even though we know it. And that's part of just the, the handicap of, depression where we know like deep inside you know you're not in a good place and you know you're not doing what's best for yourself but at the time you're like no I'm good yeah fine on the couch is this um now is this something now Mikhail I know I've already heard this from you I'm, I'm guessing that the answer is going to be a yes here um is this something that that you've dealt with on a regular basis throughout your whole adult life Brielle same thing for you John same thing yeah comes and goes in, in waves for okay. sure sometimes it's like tiny like no huge deal um other times it's like man it just really shows up but mm -hmm. um yeah i think you learn like tips and tricks on how to fight it throughout your life um but yeah for me it definitely comes and goes in waves and brielle you said seasonal depression for for yourself does that mean uh well let's talk about seasonal depression for a minute because is there uh is it is it like waves of hope of like oh i'm i'm I don't feel this way anymore. And then it just like all of a sudden will come back uh, like a, like a wave the opposite way, I guess. I'm going to, I'm going to just show you, I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. I moved, I was, I born and raised in California, uh, very much an outdoorsy person. I moved to Massachusetts in October. And what happened? How cold was it? <laughs> I was living in a jacket. I mean, yeah. <laughs> a, like a full-on parka blanket that was down to, like, almost my ankles. And, I mean, literally, was sometimes I would sleep in it. And um, I went through that winter so happy. But by the time January came around, that's when I said earlier that I was crying every day. And I couldn't figure out why I was crying. And so for, for what it is is you don't spend as much time outside. And so you don't get the vitamin D. And the vitamin D, if you get deficient... It just ruins, it, it, it causes the depression. So um, that's why it's so important to go outside because the sun will give you the vitamin D that you need and then hopefully you won't be so depressed. So the tricky thing that I, and I fought with my therapist for years on this, the happy light. Everybody's heard about those happy lights. They work. I have one and it starts raining here in California and I flip it on. What is it? Okay. I don't know what this is. Okay. So it's a, ha it's a, it's just a light. I can't tell you what kind of light it is. It's a specific. Like a lamp? It's a little, yeah, I have a little box. It's oh, okay. A, yeah. And what you don't want to face it. You want to have it to the side, but it's, a, it's getting into your eyes. Um, and it just gives you that vitamin D that you Interesting. need. And I thought it was a bunch of hooey and I didn't. 
want to spend any money on this. And then finally I did. And immediately 20 minutes, that's all you need a day. And it, it, and it, it does, it does help. I don't know the science behind it, but it works. So on and, a rainy day, this is, this is something that really yep, comes in. The rain comes, comes in, in and I just plop it on my desk. And it's called what? a happy light. I think this brand or is that is your called, name for it. I think the brand was called happy light. Interesting. But I've I literally it, never heard of this. So that's, that's super interesting. It's a big thing in the East coast. Okay. In the well, I guess areas. that makes more sense. We are in a very like sunny area. Huh? <laughs> and so. they were, they, my doctor was like, I don't understand how you didn't know that um, you were this tired, that it was because of vitamin D deficiency. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know this? I'm a you California girl. You grew up in Sonoma girl. County. Yeah. Yeah. We have sun every day. Yeah. So that that's one of the things that I always wonder because it, it's a chemical imbalance. Okay. So so the seasonal depression is mostly just it's not necessarily like because it's winter. It's it's the sun is not around. Yeah. Okay. So the fact of being like going through COVID right now and the fact that pretty much we were staying at home and I work from home. You, you probably know. get in a cycle where you, like Mikhail, you're saying you didn't even leave the house for a few days or just yeah. walk outside the house for a few days. Yeah. 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 Or, I mean, like I know for, for my family specifically, um, and this is just something that I've just noticed, like, you know what, like on a Saturday or whatever it is, get up and get dressed, like do something. Don't sit in your PJs all day. Cause it is, it can kind of just drain you with the blinds closed in your PJs, especially if you just get sucked into like streaming Netflix or something like that. And you just, for all of a sudden nine hours goes by and you're just like, did I just watch that entire season of that show? And you just kind of feel, you can feel just kind of like, ugh, I can't believe I just did that. Um, I want to get to us, uh, get to the point where we talk about how you overcome it, how you, you work through it. Um, so let's just, I'll ask the question, uh, John, let's start with you because I know that you also were instrumental in starting Stephen ministry. Um, how, like for your, for you personally, how have you felt yourself, uh, overcome some of the struggles with it and how have you learned to help others with it? How's God helped you through it? What's he done in your life? Yeah, God, God's amazing. Um, we really can do all things through him. Absolutely. 100%. Um, he is the reason why I don't struggle with it anymore. Um, I'm not saying it's not there, but, um, I don't struggle with it anymore. Um, that doesn't mean that everybody at this table can say that, or everybody out there can say that, or everybody out there will be able to say that someday. And it doesn't mean that their relationship with God is insufficient. Uh, I just want to put that out there because it's a real thing. And again, like we've talked about, everybody has different degrees of it and it affects everybody differently. So I do want to put that out there. This is just for me specifically. Um, I look at it now as uh, very much the way the Apostle Paul looks at the thorn in his side. Uh, God uses my depression, my anxiety to draw me near to him, to keep me focused on him. Without it, uh, I'm a sinful man, and, and I wouldn't be focused on him. So I'm grateful for it. I've learned to embrace it. I've learned to embrace the struggle. I've learned to embrace the highs and the lows. And I, it, I've grown in my faith tremendously because he's proven that he definitely is for me and that he is with me and that through his promises in the word and, and through my prayer and, and my seeking him, he, he's um, battles for me. Uh, doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean I don't face it daily. I wake up every day feeling like I have uh, the cloud over my head like Eeyore, you know, from Winnie the Pooh. But um, the sun comes out uh, because I know um, – what my focus needs to be. So in regards to COVID, um, for about two or three days, I was very overwhelmed, very nervous about COVID, very stressed about getting sick. Um, 
But I, you know, I really leaned into God and I decided to, well, I need to get to work. I need to, to, to get moving and do things. And so I just, you know, I've learned over the years, I mean, I'm 47 years old. I've been battling with this for a long time, even before infertility as a kid, I had issues with, you know, never feeling adequate and withdrawing and staying in my room and all of that. So I had a long time of, of really working this out in my mind uh, and, and what works and what doesn't, you know, through the trainings that I've been through and, and just the different um, positions and places that God's put me in. I've seen him work. So um, I embrace it. Uh, I hate saying that because I know the enemy hears that and he's going to throw a spiritual attack sure, at me because yeah. he gets me there. But I'm, I'm brave enough and I'm confident enough uh, that I know the, the Lord is, has won and, and I trust in that. Um, and so what I love about that is it gives me the opportunity to have an experience, a testimony to share with people, um, who are on their way to trying to figure it out or who are in the midst of it. Yeah. So that, that's where I'm at. Well, while we're, we're kind of talking about, uh, helping, how do people search out well, you both are Stephen ministers? Yeah. Um, so how do people seek that out and how do we, I want to encourage people that if they're struggling with it, yeah. like that, that this is a ministry that our church has to offer. Um, and I mean, we've talked about, there's an episode not too long ago, um, where I brought you and Garrett Ward and yeah. we talked about what Stephen ministry is. Um, so you can, you can go back and listen to that, but how does somebody seek out help with that? Yeah. So if you know Garrett Ward or I, you could come and approach us directly. We also, um, the easiest way would just be to go to our website, www.springhills.org and go under care ministries. There's a, a tab for ministries. You go under care ministry and you'll see Stephen ministry and it explains what we are. And it talks about the fact that we're called by God to walk alongside you. We're not therapists, but we're going to spiritually be there for you. And we're going to facilitate God's process of caring for you. And we're not going to leave you. We're going to support you uh, through prayer, through spending time together and through listening. And, and it's confidential. It's all confidential. 100% men meet with men, women meet with women. And on there, there's just a little questionnaire and you can sign up and we'll get you plugged in. We, 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 we understand when people reach out to Stephen ministry that they're feeling it. So we do our very best to get you plugged in quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you happen to be somebody that uh, feels you might be equipped to be a Stephen minister. Yeah. Same thing. Contact you guys. Contact and, us and we'll get you set up um, for our next Steve training. Fiano, or right? Steve He's Fiano. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, let's, let's keep talking about that. Uh, Mikhail, Brielle, anything else? I think the, the question just I, I started with was just dealing with it now on a regular basis. How are you overcoming it? What is it that, um, that helps you? Or, you know, I obviously like, it, like you said, John, it's not that you don't struggle with it as much anymore, but it's still there. Um, but I know Mikhail, like you mentioned this week was already a tough week. So how, yeah. how do you deal with it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, th this week was, was tough cause I've got a four and a half month old at home. Um, and my wife is back to work. So this was the first week of me dealing with him alone. Um, and, and that was just a learning experience. Um, but really trying and, and for me, what has helped tremendously is like the art that I have. Um, being able to put my pain, my happiness, whatever it may be into my art. Um, so I always say like, if you have some type of uh, way to express yourself, don't let that be snuffed by the world. Like go after that art, whether you're a painter, a poet, whatever it is, however, like insignificant you feel like it may be, um, that is healing for you. Like, even if no one hears my music, it's still healing for me. And that is one of the greatest gifts we can give to ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and then really learning. Um, it was at uh, first Corinthians, I believe where um, 
the Bible says that God won't put more on us than we can bear. Um, and I, I, first Corinthians 10, 13. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I went back and forth with that scripture a lot. Cause as I was dealing with depression for the first time, people would like quote that scripture at me. And I was like, well, I don't feel like I can bear this. So like, why are you saying that to me? Cause it sure feels like I can't deal with this. Um, and people just kept quoting it to me, but what God revealed to me about that is that we aren't supposed to bear everything for ourselves, that that is what Jesus is here for. And that was a game changer in my life, knowing that you are at times going to not feel okay. And that's really when he is here to take some of that weight from us. And that is a complete 360 when we're able to, to give some of that up and be to just approach God from a very vulnerable place and say, like, I don't know what to do. Because a lot of times we make prayer so, like, formal, but that conversation with God and, and can you take some, like, step into my life in whatever kind of way you need to because this feels like so much. And, and having that type of relationship with God where you can approach him that way um, whenever you are feeling overwhelmed is huge. And knowing that he's always going to be there to to relieve that weight from you is right. is uh, amazing. Yeah. What about you, Brio? I got a lot. Go for <laughs> Took it. notes. Um, for me, the depression. Um, I always see it in hindsight. Um, so, but I'm trying to learn the art of mindfulness of paying attention to what's going around or what I'm feeling inside and giving that a moment. Like if I grouchy and get mad at somebody I have to sit back and think about why am I doing this or why am I sleeping so much what's going on so it's always that and it and whenever I have a hard time I'm a prayer warrior so I'm just gonna I'm and I'm like Mikhail thank you for saying that we don't have to be formal with God in our prayers we just I always say hey God what's up you know it's like having a conversation and I'm a talker I have the gift of gab and I, if I am really in a bad place, I will sometimes pick up the phone and call somebody like John or, or my best friend or somebody I know I can talk to and just be me and be the, and I think that's important for people to realize is that when you're feeling not so good, that sometimes just picking up the phone and saying, I don't feel good is enough to get you out of that hole or enough to get you into that place where you know you're in a bad place and you do something about it. And it's really hard to come to that. I think therapy is so important. Mindfulness, prayer, always giving it to God, surrendering it to him. I mean, even the littlest thing, we have to learn to surrender every single little thing to God. And um, that's important to me because I don't just go, oh, surrender everything to God. I sometimes have to realize, okay, for this one little part, I'm going to surrender this to God and just do it in pieces. I think people get overwhelmed when they just say, "Give surrender everything. No, do it in pieces when you're ready to actually surrender it to him. And he will help you in no matter what. And he will give you the strength. So, um, Matthew Matthew yeah. 28, um, where, it, where it talks about, um, come to me all who are, who are weary. I was just going to read that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm 
pulling it up here. I got to it make right sure. here. So, no, I oh, pulled it up. Go yeah, because yeah. the next question I want to ask is, what does the Bible say about depression? How no, you, Matthew so eleven twenty eight through thirty. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, until I and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's there to share in what we're going through, and he's strong enough to take it on and deal with it. And that's what we need to remember. And part know? of the time when, it's, when we're dealing with something, a lot of the time um, w- when we feel like, well, why is God letting me go through this? It's, it's oftentimes, you know, some, and I'm not going to say this about uh, dealing with depression because it's not something that's, that's necessarily an effect of, of your choices, right? But at the same time, it is still our responsibility to, uh, to surrender it to God, whether it's, you know, You're in right. pieces or, you know, it's, it's our responsibility to, uh, to, to lay that on him right. because, and he wants you to, he wants that's you the to. amazing thing. Yeah. And it's like, here we, we think about it. I, I think about this every now and then just because it helps me sometimes with my relationship with God to remember how small I am and how, um, and how big he is. The fact that there's four of us sitting around this table, if we were all four to go to one person and unload all of our issues on this one person, that one person would not be able to help us all, right? Which is why, Steve, ministry, no, you're totally one-on-one. Totally true, one-on-one. But you look at God can do, God is there for every Everybody. single person. And it's not like, oh, I don't have time for this person because I'm working no. with John. It's everybody all the time. And to be, to remember that it's like, I, I, you're not in, you're not, um, you're you're not doing anything to uh to what's the word I'm looking for to um uh I'm, I'm it's on the tip of my tongue him, to bother God dude he's or, the alpha the omega brother he's the yeah. beginning and the end he yeah. can handle it he laid the found he told Job who where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth I mean come on this is the guy yeah, yeah. right he's the he's it right we, yeah we always talk about. You know, no problem is too big for God. Yeah. You're not going to inconvenience um, him. And that's the word I was looking for, by the way. That's great. No, that's there spot on. No, I was I was thinking today that um, just like there's no problem too big for God, there's also no problem too, too little. Totally, God. dude. Totally. I, I know like myself, I often feel like this is like not worth praying about, mm. but that's ridiculous. Like the whole point of the relationship with God is we're supposed to be able to bring whatever to him. And there there is nothing too small. So if, if it's you know, on your mind, if you need help with it, he wants us to come to him and bring it to him. And, and that's just something we have to constantly remind ourselves of that. Yeah. You're not it's really good. God. Mikhail. He knows. Yeah. You know, look at David, knows. man, yeah. David, well, David was, I mean, he's one of the most up and down people that, that we see. Right. And look the, at the, uh, look at the, the Psalms that he one wrote. Of the, one of the Psalms I had was 42, man, where he's just up and down, up and down, literally ministering to himself throughout right. it. You know, it's you a know, teeter he's crying out to God. And then he, then he's trusting in the truth that God's uh, sovereign and God's got it under control. And then he's doubting this, but never doubts God, but he's, he's just, mm-hmm. get, he knows that he can go to God and just convey whatever he's feeling, unload yeah. big or small. And now he was big. He was 42 is the, 42. is the one we always, we, Martin we Lloyd, all, right? Yeah. The, Why art thou so down? He, exactly. <laughs> he was, he was, you know, his, his son had overtaken the kingdom. And so he was kicked out. Right. And so he's, he can't worship in his temple. He can't be king over his kingdom. And he's just freaking, you know, and it's like God's there and he knows that. And it's such a great example for us. And you were asking, and we were talking about, is it okay for Christians to be, um, you know, have depression? Well, my David, it was, 
Jesus descended from David. I mean, he's Job. part of the covenant. I mean, there, Job. I mean yeah. yeah, Job. Totally. Elijah. Elijah. Job. Jonah. It's, it's not, it's not no. like it's some kind of new no. <laughs> 2020 Here, thing, right? Here's the big one. What did our Lord, and like we talked about before, where, where was our Lord and Savior in the garden? Who did he go to? Is there any other way, man, God? Is there any other take way this to do cup this? For yeah. me. I want to talk about next. I want to talk about something that I think um, can be probably a misconception in different ways. I want to talk about medication for somebody who's uh, who's struggling with depression or anxiety. Um, as John, that you you talked about that as well. Um, a lot of times, I think the same kind of thing. Like, there's been some. I I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody, so this is why I'm asking this question. Um, why would some people say that it's not okay for Christians to be medicated? And and what's the the opposite side of that? conversation of yes it's okay for christians to be medicated that are that are clinically depressed it's a disorder so i'm gonna just go back it's a chemical imbalance and sometimes we can't balance our own chemicals Mm -hmm. so if i don't have any issue i've heard people saying that because you're christian or another religion that you should not be um taking medication but if a doctor is, is is prescribing it and you feel that that's the only way you're going to be able to walk out the door and live a, a, a normal life, then do it. Um, I've been taking medication. I don't even know how long it's been. I call it my happy pill. You it, got a it, happy light and a happy pill. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't even realize that, but I call that my happy pill because it, it can Just be aware of the happy drinks, okay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it, it helps to um to get to that root of life and get to your true feelings and be able to live your life honestly and honorably. And to be there for everybody and be there for yourself. It's a, it's it's kind of part of your self-care. Take care of yourself. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody. And does it allow you to heal? John, you mentioned that too, right? Like that it allowed you to, to work on it. It did. I, I really think, you know, this world's such a mess. I mean, it's distorted and like sin's taken over everything. And it did. And, Part of that is our our mental state, our our the way you know we're even, uh, you know, we're born into a sinful world, so we're coming into this world fallen and broken. So there's going to be it's not just we commit sin; sins affected everything, right? It's our development, or just who we are. So there's disorders, there's imbalances. I mean, it's just part of this world we live in. So you have to understand. I think you have to tr- accept that. And understand that also, you know, for me and from others that I've spoken through, I, I know God worked in my time on medication. And I, was, I wasn't on it for a long period of time, but during that time, he used it to be able to, to clear my mind enough to where I could focus on what he wanted me to know about him. And so I was able to mentally process that, process that out, take what I learned and moved forward. Again, though, that doesn't mean just because I got off of medication that I'm a better Christian than Brielle because sure. she's still on medication. Yeah. I just want to clarify that for everybody. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, and, and all of us experience it totally differently. And all of us, God, I believe, speaks to us differently and heals us in different ways. And, you know, if if for Brielle, God's using that happy pill to, um, you know, allow her to navigate this um Storm. time in her life or storm in her life. Um, fine. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that's where we need to be with it mentally. 
It's a hard conversation. We need to look at. It's a very hard conversation. Because it's the same thing. I mean, it's not just for this. I've heard the same thing with people dealing with chronic pain. And, yeah. And, and uh, I'm never I mean, gonna... I had the same thing with, again, my, dealing with uh, with ADD. Like, I, I was on medication when I was younger. I, I don't know where I was told that you shouldn't be. Um, but I remember feeling like I, okay, I need to, I need to not be, not, not do this. I got to figure this out. And then for years, my wife and I, we met and, you know, we, we got married and she had kind of just noticed like, why do you just walk away from me in the middle of a conversation? And then finally I went back to the doctor and it was like, you know what, I'm going to try this again. And then she was like, it's nice that you come home from work now. And I actually feel like you're here because you're focused here. And it's like, yeah, that's. Because that's honestly, I'd come home from wherever I was and it's like, I can't just, I can't just go, okay, that's done. Now I'm home and it's family time. It'd be like, everything's just jumbled together. And that's not healthy for our marriage. It's not healthy for me as a parent uh, with my kids. Like I want to focus on them. And it's been, it's, it's so helpful for me to be able to also even just grasp the understanding of what it is that, um, you know, and I don't want to, again, I've said this many times, but I don't want to make light of depression. Very different than ADD, but that's just, you know, trying to to, bri- to put a bridge between fine. the two a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think you're doing fine. I appreciate your honesty. I think it's wrong of anybody to tell someone, well, you shouldn't or you should. I think if the person um, that you're speaking with or walking alongside, um, I think the best thing we can say to them is, you know, seek God, ask God for pray, wisdom, definitely pray about give it. you direction, pray into it and Talk let him reveal you to you. And Yeah, exactly. Let him reveal to you what's best for you in that situation and really trust. Should I take it or should I not? You know? Yeah. I think yeah. that's the best we can do. Big time. There's Ultim- this, it's, you know, talking about the relationship we have with God. Um, works in that way too, where, you know, if you're unsure about medication or whatever, you can always come to him because it's, you know, everyone's got a different personal conviction and, um, yeah, to both your points, I think it's, um, I always look out for anything that is like addictive, um, and, and do your research and everything. But we also, you know, like here we are in 2021 and we've progressed so much as humanity and God put so much on this earth for us. Yeah. And in the beginning of time, we maybe didn't know what every specific thing was for, but as time progresses, we learn that, Oh, you know, there's different chemical imbalances and we can take something and, and this can help change your mood. And that's well said. Yeah. And it, it really is, it shouldn't be something that's so like taboo, like you've failed if, if you need something to help you, and yeah, it's, yeah. I would say it's your personal conviction. Also, I mean, I, I, this is a, probably a topic for another, um, another podcast episode, but, um, it, it'd probably be good to talk about also the people that maybe deal with depression and have also struggled with some kind of substance abuse, um, and talk about the same thing. Cause I'm sure it's different for everybody. Like we've said numerous times throughout this, this podcast, everybody's, you know, experience is going to be different. And then the way that you're, you're battling it, the way that you're seeking help is going to be different. And I think ultimately what you need to know is it's just got to start with God. You've got to start with prayer because that's, I mean, you, if you try to do it without God, I guarantee you it's not, it's going to come crashing down. It's not going to work out for you. Um, even if it seems like it's working out for a while, it's, it's going to come crashing down. I want to start wrapping up here, but I do want to talk specifically about a few more things with, uh, we, we mentioned Stephen ministry already, but Mikhail, I want to ask you, um, how can we come alongside people that we, that we know people we care about our friends, our family, um, and, and help them deal with it. And then I want to ask you about your music as well, how you've seen that, 
Um, I mean, you came here and you spoke to, I, I, there's about a hundred students here, high school, junior high and high school students here. When you, uh, you came and you, you had your, um, I, performance, whatever, I don't know if you can call it performance, right? Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I, your show. I, I I'm not sure. Normally concert. we did worship at that point, but we just had the special, the special night where we had you just put on a concert. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So how is you, how have you been able to, um, to help others through yeah, your own so, experiences? Um, listening. Is a, is a huge thing. Um, you know, for me, it took so long for me to open up about my depression um, that a lot of people just need to talk it out. And, and many times you can talk about something to someone and kind of talk yourself out of it into a better place just by actually speaking about how you feel inside. Um, so I would say that, you know, it's better in that case to to just listen to someone than it is to just throw out chunks of advice, especially if you don't know exactly what you're talking about, if you haven't dealt with it. Um, so be easy on the advice and go all out when it comes to hearing them, just allow them to just open up. Don't judge. Don't try to fix their problems. Yeah. Many times people just need someone that they can confide in and to know that you're a trusted person that they can come to and, and just talk to that's huge and you know helping them leading them to a place where they maybe could get advice such as Stephen ministry um that that is huge as well that you know you can point them in the right direction because not everyone deals with the same issues like i i haven't dealt with adhd i wouldn't know what advice to give you um so it's just and if you tried to give me advice i'd probably stop listening halfway through (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) Exactly. That's true. Yeah. yeah, it's a lose lose. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh, hold on. Right. <laughs> yeah. So just just hearing them out, um, and just be genuine and and real with someone. That's and if you've dealt with like grief in any kind of way too, like um, I know you said you struggled with um, infertility, and my wife and I we had uh, a couple of miscarriages. Yeah. Um, last Sorry couple about years, that. and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, John. You've also my yeah. wife and I too. I don't know if Brielle, yeah. if that's something that yeah, that. It's, that's another thing. It's just yeah. not, it's not easy to, to go through. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in, in our case, I know, um, cause everyone like that's obviously devastating. So we had a lot of people that were telling us, you know, sorry, a lot of people saying like, oh, it's going to get better and God has a plan for you. But the, the things that made us feel like the best was just someone like listening yeah. and then being like, man, I feel for you. Oh, like. Brielle's fist bumping. <laughs> this is a fist bump uh, episode. Man. He's, he's spot on with yeah. everything he's saying. I mean, that's, that's a, everything he's saying is, is as someone who's experienced depression, that's what you want from somebody else. And, and the way we've been trained and I think scripture really teaches us this is that's what we need to do when we care for others. Yeah. And I think we've mentioned today, um, Brielle, you mentioned you're a chatter, John, you're a chatter. I'm a chatter. Mikkel, I don't know if you would necessarily classify yourself as a chatter, but sometimes, sometimes it's hard for chatters to listen. And, um, I, I think over the years as you, you know, you grow and you, you learn like, you know what, even with, you know, whatever, it doesn't have to be with somebody that's dealing with depression specifically it could be with anything and it's like I, even when you're you're just like you know you had a rough day sometimes when y- you get home and your spouse is like man today just kind of stunk and sometimes as a as a husband I try to you know I want to try to fix the problem um, and honestly my wife does the same thing sometimes she wants to try to fix the problem and sometimes we just go I don't need you to fix it I need you just to to let me talk about it for a minute 
and that's going to help me fix it. You know, like ironically, just if you just listen for a minute, that'll help me fix it. Yeah. But um, and no sometimes one knows there's no you fix. better than you. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, God knows you better than you. Oh sure, but, yeah. But um, no person knows you better than you. So oftentimes, when you're talking about your own problems, you can really kind of see a solution within it as you're just talking about it. So just letting people talk is so underrated. Mm -hmm. We don't do it enough. Everyone's always trying to just throw out advice and like, well, you should do this. I think you should do this, but really just letting them talk. Like, and this listen. is a big thing in Steve ministry, right? I mean, they're trained to, to you go thing. through like pretty, yeah. pretty in-depth training. It's not yeah. just like you go, Hey, I want to be a Steve minister. And you go, all right, welcome to the team. There's an in-depth <laughs> training. We, we no read way. a book called The Art of Listening. Yeah. Yeah. And so listening is huge. And and to Mikhail's point, first and foremost, if you don't listen to somebody, you don't even know how to pray for them. Right. Yeah. You don't know how to direct them. You can't you can't even come up with a, a well thought out, prayerful response if you don't first hear what the what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And to his point as well, oftentimes as Stephen ministers in our conversation. So Stephen Ministry is all about the process. It's not about we're going to fix you. It's about trusting that God is going to provide the cure and we're going to give the care. We're going to walk alongside this person and we do what we follow what are called process oriented goals, meaning we're going to listen. We're going to be uh, present. We're going to pray for this person. We're going to bring relevant scripture. We're going to um, walk alongside. We're going to be dependent, confidential. We're going to provide stability, those kinds of things. And in that provides opportunity for conversation. And to his point, what I was getting at is through that conversation, oftentimes through the person who is dealing with whatever it might be, whether it's depression, grief, whatever, they hear themselves state out what's going on. And they all oftentimes hear things that they didn't know were going on, even right. though they spoke it out. But that process of allowing them to speak it out and you as the minister taking yourself out of it and it being all about them they oftentimes God will reveal what's going on to them just in that. And sometimes they'll be able to navigate and figure things out just by verbalizing what's going on, yeah. you know? And so that, that's a big thing. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a really quick, weird story yeah. to, to bounce off of that. So it was uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve and this of 2020. Um, and I really, really wanted tacos. Like I was like, I've been, I had been craving tacos for like the whole week. There's this taco place that was doing like a one dollar taco deal, and I was like, I'm gonna get tacos. Today's the last day of the deal. <laughs> like I was so excited. And they closed at four, and I was like, all right, it's three fifteen. I I'm gonna call and place my order. Called, they didn't answer. Called again, they didn't answer. And I was like, okay, I, I just need to go. So what's the what's the place? I'm just curious. Uh. El Fagon. Okay. Um, it's in Katadi, uh, a new place. Great, great I, food. Uh, I had a very similar experience on New Year's Eve. I'm like, oh, really? I want a burrito from La Fondita. I'm like, oh I got to go get one. They were open on Christmas Day, but not on New Year's Eve. And I was wow. just like, oh, come on, man. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so, so I drive there. I already wasn't having the best day. But I drove there. I get there. I'm like, okay, they close at 4. It's, it was like 3.50. I was like, they got to let me, I'm, they've got to have some like leftover meat, whatever. So I get in there. <laughs> leftover meat? <laughs> know, is that I'll take the I scraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you got back there, scraps toss it out a tortilla. tortilla. <laughs> We're good to go. <laughs> so I, I love, to preface this, I love Mexican food yeah, so yeah. much. Absolutely. But um, who doesn't? So I like, I run in there. I'm like waiting my turn. I get up there. And the guy like turns around and I'm, I'm looking at the counter and I'm seeing like nothing. Oh no. I'm like, oh great. 
And he's like, no, we're close. And I was like, oh. no, you can't. You close at four. I just checked your Facebook. I checked Google. You close at four. Like, all I want this year is tacos. All this year. Yeah. And <laughs> and he was like, no, I can't help you. I'm sorry. So Wait, you said this is the beginning of 2020? This was the last day of 2020. Oh, okay. This is so, a couple days ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Figures. So, right. Yeah. So, I get back to the car, and I have, like, a meltdown. Oh, man. And I was like, why in the world? Like, I felt so stupid, like, crying over tacos. But in that, like, meltdown, I realized it wasn't about the tacos. It was this whole year that I felt like I couldn't get anything that I wanted. Like it was right it was a in my grasp of the year. Exactly. And so I'm sitting there in like my pity and just so I'm like angry. I'm frustrated. I'm like, all I wanted, like all I wanted was one thing to go right this year. Give me my tacos. And I'm, I'm sitting in the car for an hour outside of the parking lot and so frustrated. And the guy comes out that had told me they were closed. And so at this point, it's almost five. So I'm sitting in the car, he sees me, and I see him, and we like exchange a look, and then he goes back in, and then he comes back out, and he starts walking up to the car, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. So I roll down the window, put my mask on, and he's like, you're the guy that wanted tacos, right? And I was like, yeah, that was me. And he was like, some lady called, placed an order for 40 tacos, and she never came and got them. Leftover no. meat. Leftover <laughs> meat. So he was like, I have these tacos. I just want to go home. Do you want them? He gave you 40 tacos? He gave me 40 tacos. Wow. wow. So <laughs> on my way home, I was and like, And you this didn't was... call me? <laughs> <laughs> next time. Wow. Next time. So on my way home, I'm, I have a lot of emotions. So I was like, I just had one of the weirdest breakdowns I've ever had in my life. I'm driving home with 40 tacos in the trunk. And I'm trying to figure out what this was all about. So many tacos, you had to put them in the trunk. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was on a platter. What so great. This is great. This is awesome. So glad you're sharing this. Yeah, thank you. So wow. what, what I kind of learned in all of that and what I took away as the story was that these things that I felt like I deserved, like I deserve yeah. to go and pay for these tacos, God had other plans. And I ended up not paying for 40 tacos. And it was just kind of like a really interesting period to the end of my year. And God saying that what you feel like was taken away from you or, or the things that we feel like we deserve that we just can't get. They're like right out of our reach that he has something better in store for us. Amen. And going into to 2021 with that, was so amazing so i felt like that was a great time to to share that story i knew that happened for a reason Dude, I was like, yes. you, I, bringing tears to my eyes Wait, such what a did your wife story. wow what did your wife say when you walked in with 40 tacos yeah. she, she had no idea so i did the shutdown <laughs> thing i did the spiral thing so she all she knew was i went to go get tacos and then it's over an hour and, and you come back with 40 of them <laughs> Because I, I got tacos, right. I hadn't I hadn't let her know what was going on, so I'm just sitting in the she's car. She's in the dark, and, yeah, and she's like, "What happened?" And so when I call her, I'm like, 
I have 40 tacos. <laughs> no context. <laughs> right. Nothing. That's awesome. You've heard of taco truck, but have you heard of taco trunk? Right. Because right. Mikhail's got taco trunk. Wow. Yeah, I think this, uh, the taco story is also a good way to end, end this, Great. this, Great this on. So um, real quick, uh, Mikhail, how can, how can we listen to, to your music? Where are you at on social media? Where's the best place to find you? Yeah. So um, I go by True Lyric. It's T-R-U space Lyric. Um, I'm on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, you name it. Um, very active on my social media. So uh, Facebook, it's True Lyric Music. Um, Instagram, True Lyric Official. Um, and yeah, if you need, if if you've connected to anything that I've said and you you need someone to talk to or whatever, shoot me a message. Um, I don't do the whole like celebrity kind of thing. So. Like and and you're so you said Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much yeah. anywhere. You got so you got some music videos too, right? On YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Plenty of uh, we put a lot of time and energy into music videos and um, creating like little mini movies. And so. what kind of? How would you describe what the style of music that you are? Uh, that is the question that I can never seem to answer. I and uh, I, I think I know why too, because I think I asked you this when you came here. Yeah. No. It's it's very different. So it's hip hop. But um, I hate saying that because you think of like. But you even got a trumpeteer, and, like yeah. that's it's it's not just hip hop. It's very it's uh it, you've got a unique sound. It's really cool. Thank you. And you've actually so this is we're talking almost a year ago when you were here, right? Yeah. The kids loved it, by the way, because we normally yeah. at Motion Night uh, we do worship music, and in all honesty, a lot of these kids don't understand worship music. They don't understand what we're doing. Right. So it's like it's a lot of just deadpan faces. Not with you when you were here, man. They connected to it. And all of us were in, like, I was running sound for you that night. And I was just like, this is perfect for these kids. That's great. Because, Thank you. So it was really, it was awesome. Um, so I'm glad that you're able to come. I'm not exactly sure when this is going to air, but uh, we are in 2021 now. We've got our new series coming on called Jesus and Money that Brett is starting this weekend. So that's January 9th and 10th. Um, and I think this episode's probably going to air somewhere in the middle of January. So um, we'll still be in the middle of that series. But you can catch uh, catch that online. If you're not ready to be here on campus, we do have a lot of options for how uh, you attend church here. We're trying to make sure people feel comfortable. We've got the, the indoor seating that's very socially distanced. We've got the mask-only zone. We've got the big bay doors open so you can watch from outside, um, also socially distanced. Or we've got the screen outside. You can watch from the tables and be spread out out there too. So we uh, we believe it's very important for us as a church to be together. So don't, uh, don't, don't isolate yourself. Be around. Uh, we're here for you. Um, we love worshiping with you. We love uh, love being here on campus with all of you. So uh, if you're not ready to be on campus, it is online as well. So you can check it out, springhills.org, and you can find out where to watch that. So, all right, we'll see everybody this weekend. 